Welcome to the podcast. We're back. I've been gone for, I think, <clears throat> three weeks since I've done my last podcast. And um, it's good to be back. It's Sunday afternoon, uh, getting ready to start the week off and uh, getting set up to do the podcast. Thank you for listening. It's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. But before we continue, I have to tell you about a podcast I've been listening to my daughter Allison told me about. It's called Locked Up Abroad. And podcasting is getting so big. I mean, seriously, you know, it's kind of funny because I'm in the radio business, but, you know, you walk into a Best Buy or Target, do they even sell radios anymore? I think I went looking for a portable radio for a camping trip about five or six years ago, and I found one at like a CVS pharmacy. Just nobody sells radios anymore. You listen in your car or you listen on a radio that you've had for years, maybe your old yellow Sony boombox or something like that. But, you know, podcasting is really kind of where the whole thing is going. And a lot of people listen to our podcast on uh, from our show. And as a matter of fact, our podcasting is down right now because they're changing the platform or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and a lot of people are like, I haven't listened to your show for weeks because I don't the podcast is not online. People want to listen on their terms when they want to, and they don't want to hear, you know, all the fat and you know the music. Some people, some people like the music on on KDWB, and some people just want to hear what we have to say, and that's very flattering. But anyway, there's a podcast called Locked Up Abroad, and it's all based on people who uh, got locked up in prison in places like uh, Turkey or Brazil. I'm on episode two. Um, a classic story from 1970, a guy, or around 1970, a guy tried to smuggle hashish, which I think is a fancy word for weed, out of uh, Turkey. And he did it several times, and he was very successful at it, made a lot of money, and it was an adventure, and he was fun and young and immortal, and, and, and nothing bad could ever happen to him until it did. And he spent four years in prison, and when he had 54 days left to go, they tacked on an additional 30 years. So he had to escape from this prison. And it's a great story, and it's a true story. Uh, anyway, the podcast is called Locked Up Abroad. Shout out to my daughter, Allison, for turning me on to that one. That's very cool. Uh, so, how are you? I missed you. I know, or you know, that I've been gone to uh, Philmont Scout Ranch. We left New Mexico a week ago today. Um, and we were out there for, we got there on a Monday and we were there for literally one day shy of two weeks and 11 or 12 days on the trail, 10 nights in a tent with two other adult men, a small tent that's about the size. If you look at your queen mattress, that's about the size of the tent that we slept in three adult men. Um, and but let me tell you, by the end of the day, we were so tired. We got in the tent and we didn't care if we were like, you know, right next to each other or what we just shut the world out and slept and we didn't always sleep very well but boy it you know we didn't care that we were right next to each other there was some snoring uh probably i snored too you know it's a funny thing is people go i don't snore or you snore louder than i do and it's like well how would you know um and it was a great adventure um people say did you have fun i'm like yeah it was fun but there was part of it that was a little bit like an ordeal because it was long and it was hard work, and it was hot, and it was dirty. That was one of the hardest parts was just how dirty we got. We got a shower on day three and another shower on day eight, and we wore the same sweaty, smelly, dirty clothes. 
Um, <clears throat> almost the entire time we were there, we only had two shirts to change from, two pair of shorts to change from, uh, three pair of socks. The food we ate was basically bars, um, uh, basically a variation of a granola bar or a Fig Newton or a Pop-Tart or an energy bar, uh, some meat sticks. Uh, once in a while, we'd have like a hot dinner or hot oatmeal, and we made it all ourselves. And uh, the food was was basically fuel. Somebody explained, it's like, it's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be fuel. So you got to eat it because if you don't, you run out of gas. And let me tell you, there was a lot of up and down. We hiked 84 miles on the trail. That doesn't include the walking around camps and activities. We did everything from horseback riding to shotgun shooting <clears throat> to um, uh, we climbed basically trees with climbers on our feet and a strap around the tree like you'd see at Lumberjack Days. Um, we What else did we do? We did rappelling and rock climbing and uh, burrow racing, and it was fun. But let me tell you, it was a, it was a lot of work. Um, if you have a boy and he wants to be in scouting, Philmont is the ultimate pinnacle of scouting adventure. I mean, that's a long time to be gone, and you carry everything in your backpack, and you stop once every three days to get new food, and then you keep going. And uh, the only way out is to walk back. And let me tell you, when we walked back into camp on day number 12, we were all very happy, very tired, and very dirty. But it was great. I mean, hopefully Carson will remember it for a long time. I know I'll remember it forever. Uh, I hope you have some adventure in your life. If you like adventures, we're going to talk about that a little bit. You know that I'm a big fan of not watching reality TV. There's something sinful, I think, about spending your life basically sitting still on the couch watching someone else lead an interesting, probably half-fake life. Because you should be out doing something with your life. Because at the end of your life, you don't ever want to look back and say, you know what? I really lived a great life. I watched a lot of reality TV and I watched a lot of people have amazing adventures and I really was very comfortable on that couch. That's no kind of life to live. You know that. So if you find yourself watching too much reality TV, you know, pinch yourself, remind yourself that, hey, you should be living your own life. It doesn't have to be as interesting as reality TV is, but you should be going to do something learn something, learn to scuba dive or, uh, I don't know, snorkel or rock climb or dance or something. Um, so real quick, I was going to talk about um, storytelling because Fallon went to the U of M the other day uh, to talk about storytelling and some college class or a radio class or something asked Fallon to come by and talk about storytelling. Um, uh, Fallon always, she doesn't tell you this, but but she would probably admit it. She always asks for my advice, and I'm very happy to give it to her. She's like, I don't know what to tell these people. What should I tell them about storytelling? I said, well, you're a good storyteller. I said, you know, the essence, the, the things about good storytelling is there's a couple of things that, that cardinal rules about storytelling that you could probably learn too. Uh, and that's what we do on the radio is we tell stories all day. Um, number one never say something like, oh my God, this is the greatest story. You're going to love this story because their reaction is going to be, oh yeah, prove it. And they're going to put up a wall. So never start your story with, oh my God, this is the greatest story or, oh my God, this story is so funny. You might say, hey, I got kind of a funny story or there's kind of a cool story, but don't oversell it. Number two, don't tell the ending first. Don't say something like, 
One of my stories is uh, that years and years ago, I was um, I had a Porsche. Uh, it was before I had kids, and I had I was making good money for the first time, so I bought a Porsche, and I bought a Porsche 911. And I was driving it down the freeway in Phoenix one time. And I'm chatting on the cell phone. <clears throat> and I'm behind a big green semi-truck, like a trailer. And I didn't pay any attention to it. I'm just cruising along, not passing the truck, just driving along behind it. And I get off on the freeway and a cop pulls me over. And I'm like, huh, I must have not have signaled or something like that. Uh, so I pull over into a bank parking lot. And I start to you know, roll down my window and get out my license and registration. The cop appears about 10 feet from my door with his hand on his gun and tells me, get out of the car now. Well, the first thing I thought was, whatever he thinks I did, I know I didn't do. So I'm not in that big of a trouble. Turns out that the truck that I was driving behind was full of stolen Porsches. Here I am coincidentally tailing it down the freeway for 15 miles in a Porsche. They thought that I was part of the Porsche stealing ring. So there's a story. That's a kind of a good story. I like it. I tell it once in a while. Well, you wouldn't want to say, oh my God, you would not believe what happened to me. This is the greatest story ever. You also would not want to leave in a detail. Who cares that my Porsche was black? I did say it was a green truck to paint a picture for you a little bit, but you don't have to say where you were going. You notice I didn't mention who I was talking to on the phone. Some people leave in details that add absolutely nothing to the story. You, you want to leave in a few colorful details to kind of paint a mental picture, um, but you don't want to leave in every detail. You know, we put people on the, on the air once in a while and we'll have them tell the story and they go into every detail and I'll make a joke, kind of a smart-ass joke. I'll say, well, what color shirt were you wearing that day? As if to say, I don't need all the details. Just get to the part, the good part of the story. Yet, at the same time, you don't want to tell the ending of the story first. You want to kind of build up to it. So when you're telling a story, it's definitely okay to, uh, to, to, to not say, like, well, I got pulled over by the cops and he had his gun drawn on me as the beginning of the story. Because now you've told the punchline of the story. Spoiler alert. Uh, so build up to it. And then another thing, pauses. Pauses are great. Um, so there's so Fallon went and told these stories. Uh, and she said she got a great reaction. Fallon's a good storyteller. Uh, Steve is a little less of a great storyteller. Because Steve tends to go back and forth. And, and I'm not trying to like you know make fun of Steve. But I, I would tell it to his face too. That he kind of leaves in a little bit too many details and needs to get to the point a little bit faster. But you know what? It's something, hey, we all can work on it. I'm not the greatest storyteller, but I've been doing it for so long that I've kind of gotten a little bit better at it. Okay, so there's storytelling. Um, let me talk to you about something that I'm posting on the Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything Facebook page. And that is a little bit about celebrity movie or TV memorabilia. Now, I love this stuff. I mean, you know, you look at your classic memorabilia, like the ruby slippers from Wizard of Oz. And and then you think of things like, you know, movie props, like maybe the hoverboard from Back to the Future or the DeLorean from Back to the Future or, you know, Brad Pitt's shirt from some movie or, you know, I don't know, a, a, a vase that was used on the set of Friends, something like that. That stuff is out there. And a lot of the time, you know, when a show wraps or when a movie wraps, they'll take this stuff and they'll donate it to charity or they'll somehow, you know, sell it or whatever. And 
A lot of it goes back into the prop department, but some of it gets taken home and some of it gets sold. So I got a couple of experience with that and it's random, I know, but I wanted to tell you about it. So um, m one of my favorite movies of all times is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It came out in 1982 when I was right around high school age and it was one of my favorite movies and I saw it probably 50 or more times. No lie, maybe 100 times all the way through. Um, and there's one character, Jeff Spicoli, who's the surfer dude, and he wore van sneakers. And they were black and white checkered van sneakers. Iconic. I mean, these had never been seen. Maybe California kids had seen them, but living in Colorado, we had never seen anything like that. And it was like, whoa, that's cool. Black and white checkered vans. So in about 1999 or 2001 or so, I got this auction catalog and they still make these, and they do it online now, but they're auction catalogs full of memory, memorabilia, and props from movies. And in this catalog was the black and white checkered vans from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fuck, I gotta buy these things. Holy shit, these are the best movie prop of all time. And I paid, I think, $3,500 for them. I sent my check in or my credit card or whatever, and I waited, and the box came, and I opened it, and they were fake as shit. They weren't even the right color. They were green and red checkered vans. They were so fake. It was like, you guys didn't even make an effort. This shit is so fake. And it was so disgusted. You know, I got my money back, but that wasn't even the point. I learned something that, th that celebrity memorabilia, autographs, autograph pictures, so much of it is fake. Please don't ever buy some of that stuff. Don't buy celebrity autographs. Don't buy celebrity autograph footballs, baseballs, posters, unless you know that it's from a reliable source or unless you see, you know, if you see um, Joe Maurer sign a baseball or a batting helmet, then it's fine. But if you go to one of these stores or online, chances are so good that it's just fake shit. Why? Because it's so easy to fake. It's so easy. And it's so valuable. For example, if you have a, oh, I don't know, a Magic Johnson autograph basketball, and it's worth $700. Well, why not? What's going to keep some crook from going out, buying a few basketballs, working on his, will, or on his uh, Magic Johnson um, autograph, and then selling these? I mean, it's so profitable. You know, for, for buying a $30 basketball and practicing a Magic Johnson autograph, you can make hundreds, thousands of dollars. So the, the industry is full of fake shit and don't buy it. And some people get mad at me for saying that. I'm sorry. Tough. Don't buy it. Um, uh, there's probably some good places where you can buy it from, but I wouldn't try. I, I, personally, I wouldn't trust any of it. I, there's just too much profit to be made in it. So up to bring us up to the modern day. I love the show Breaking Bad. And in Breaking Bad, there are a couple of iconic items. Some are more iconic. There was there was like uh, Tuco's Grill, which Tuco was a bad guy, drug dealer, and he had a grill and they shot him and killed him. And then they had it grilled encased in Lucite. And I think uh, the cop kept it on his desk as a trophy. That was one. The doorbell that the old man in the wheelchair had mounted on his wheelchair was another iconic little item from Breaking Bad. Those sold for thousands, like 20, 40, 60,000, something crazy like that. I bought three things from that auction. I bought Skinny Pete's knit hat 
If you remember the character Skinny Pete, he was always wearing a knit hat. I bought a watch that Jesse wore in seasons three and four, and I bought a pair of binoculars that Walter White used when he tried to blow up, um, and I can't remember the guy's name, um, uh, the guy that owned the, the chicken place. Um, the big drug kingpin, he tried to blow up his car, and Walter was watching through binoculars from across the street. I bought those three items. Of those three, I'm convinced that at least one of them is fake, and they came with a certificate of authenticity. But you look, I looked at the watch when I got it. Number one, it was missing the little metal part that goes through the hole. So when you, you, know, you put on a watch or a belt, there's the metal part that goes through the hole that was missing. Also, when you wear a watch, even once or twice, it shows signs of use or where it was buckled. And if this guy, Jesse's character, wore this watch for two seasons or even a week, there would be signs that the watch had once been buckled. Look at your belt. If you have a belt, look at where your belt's buckled and how the leather is bent and warped and the hole is kind of enlarged. There was no signs. So anyway, here was more fake shit. Um, the knit hat, I'm 99% positive it was real um, because there's a little fray on it on the TV show and in real life that shows me that it, yeah, it's probably legit. The binoculars, I'm not convinced. I don't know. I should have, I, I should have learned my lesson. Um, but they, you know, they came with, from what seemed like a reputable source and they got them right from Sony pictures and it had a holographic certificate of authenticity. But I think what this company may have done is they bought it, switched it out for fake shit and sold the fake shit. I don't know why, but again, it's so profitable to have two or three or four of these items and, and, and sell all the fakes. You know what I mean? So anyway, don't buy celebrity memorabilia. Even if it comes with a certificate of authenticity, it means nothing. Okay, moving on. The podcast is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. So uh, we're going to talk about the book really briefly. The book is also um, in, uh, auto, uh, what is it called? Kindle. You can download it uh, and read it on your Kindle or on your phone. But chapter 73, there is a song that struck me way back. It's called The Finer Things. And it starts out by saying, while there is time, let's go out and feel everything. And then a couple of lyrics later, it says, for time is a river flowing into nowhere. We must live while we can, and we must have our cup of laughter. And I thought, you know, when I heard that, I was like a kid. I was like in my early 20s when I heard that song for the first time. And it really struck me because, you know, we right now, I'm going to guess you have your health. Right now, you're healthy. You can climb stairs. You can run. You can travel. You can backpack. You can surf, ski, whatever. While there is time, because one day, this is in chapter 73 in my book, one day, there won't be time to go skydiving or go back to school or have a baby or whatever it is you want to learn golf or learn to dance or sing or whatever so do this and i'm going to play a little clip of this song here um, the finer things by steve winwood just because i don't know just to I shake things up a little bit here is a little bit of my favorite part of this song here we go
that cool? I love that. Love that song. Um, uh, and I think I should work more music into my podcast more often. Okay, listen. Thank you for listening. The book is still available on Amazon. If you haven't picked it up yet, you can download it um, on your Kindle. Uh, you can get it at any bookstore. You can get it at itaskabooks.com. And um, I appreciate everybody who's given me so much great feedback in the last couple of years over the book. Uh, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I've made them a lot longer. They used to be about 10 minutes and 12 minutes. And people said, I want a podcast that's at least 20 minutes or so. So I've worked on that. Hey, give me feedback. Uh, send me an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com uh, or go on the website, take a shower, or the Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Until next week, have a great week. Seriously, thanks for listening. And remember, while there is time, go out and feel everything because you know, you never know tomorrow a bus might hit you and you might not get the chance. So, hey, listen, take care. We'll see you next week. Bye.